0: I think my generation is just so amazing with how we have been using our voices. And I think that a lot of us are realizing like our planet is on the future. This is everybody's future is on the line. So we're all becoming activists and we're talking with world leaders because we realize the importance of it. And I think that it's just really amazing that my generation is really stepping up to raise awareness about our planet.
1: Hi, I'm Jay Rudiman and welcome to All About Change, a podcast showcasing individuals who leverage the hardships that have been thrown at them to better other people's lives.
0: This is all wrong. I I say um, put mental health first because if you don't... This
1: generation of Americans has already had enough. I stand before you not as an expert, but as a concerned citizen. This week on All About Change, we welcome Genesis Butler. Genesis is an environmental activist focused on animal rights. At age six, when she discovered where her food came from, she became vegan. At age 10, She became one of the youngest people to give a TEDx talk.
0: I kind of just said it like when I got older, I wanted to give a TED talk, but I didn't really know that it would happen so soon. And then I got a message and they were saying for me to apply to the TED talk near me. So then I did, but I did it just to see like maybe I'd be able to get in because there's so many people applying and I'm really young, so maybe they won't pick me, but... Then I realized after I did get chosen to give the talk, people do want to hear my message.
1: Since then, Genesis has been featured in dozens of articles and interviews in various news outlets. She founded her own nonprofit organization, Genesis for Animals. Later on, at a time when the world was coming to grips with COVID-19, she started a global youth-led climate organization, Youth Climate Save.
0: A lot of youth had so much time in quarantine to learn about more things and to educate themselves and a lot of them were figuring out more about climate change. So then after all these youth are figuring out about this, like they want to get active and they want to use their voice and do something, but some people don't have the platform for it or they don't know how to start.
1: Thank you. Genesis, welcome to All About Change. I'm really excited to have this conversation. In your honor, after we finish, I am having a vegan burger. So uh, that's been your initial influence on me. Let's talk about your beginnings. Uh, You became a vegan at six years old. Where did that decision come from?
0: Um, well, I've always loved animals, but I didn't have any pets or anything growing up, but I would always see them on TV. So I knew that I loved them just from looking at them. And then I started to wonder about where my food was coming from. So I started to ask a lot of questions like where my food was coming from. And my mom finally told me how we had to eat animals and kill them for my food. So that really devastated me. And I was like, I don't want to eat this again. So then I went vegan, Um my whole family went vegan with me.
1: How did they accept the decision to join you in becoming vegan?
0: It was just kind of hard for my mom at first because she always loved chocolate. So that was like one of the things that she was like really like upset about was like that she wouldn't be able to eat it anymore. But now there's so many different vegan options of chocolate. But before that was like the only thing that was kind of hard and like was like the meat products because they would always eat meat before. So then they were like, oh, well, what are we going to eat now? But once they figured out that there were substitutes, they were totally for it. And my siblings were the same because they realized that vegan food was really good. So they were really all for it.
1: So I think I remember you telling a story about how you found your mother in a closet eating chocolate when when you first got into this. And then Obviously, she changed and and became a vegan. What about your friends, relatives? How do they accept it? Do they join you or do they ridicule you if you're making this decision?
0: My friends were super supportive and my grandparents, my whole family was all really supportive. My grandma is Mexican. She's with my Mexican side. So at first it was kind of like difficult with like tamales or things like beans and rice because then she didn't know how to veganize them, but she learned how to veganize all of those recipes. So she has always been super for it. Like she'll put vegetable is my tamale. She'll make the masa with coconut oil instead of lard. So she's always just been super supportive with my veganism.
1: And what was the initial, I mean, you know, you didn't want to eat animals and uh, you didn't want to have milk, but, you know, you were able to see a much bigger picture out there in the impact in the world. How did that come about?
0: So that really started when I first gave my TED Talk and I gave that on the environment. And that made me realize like people aren't really talking about animal agriculture and a lot of people didn't really know. So I wanted to start talking about it. And then I really started to realize like I wanted to make that my main focus because at first I was an animal rights activist. That was the only form of activism that I was doing. But then I started to think, well, I want to do more and I want to have a thriving planet to live on. So then I started becoming more of an environmental activist and that has been my main focus because I have a little sister and I want her to have a thriving planet and I want to raise awareness about how animal agriculture is harming our environment because sometimes people just don't know. So I think it's super important to get that message out there.
1: So do you think that your generation is much more hyper aware of climate change and the impact that it's having on on our lives right now but it will have on your future lives as you guys get older
0: i think my generation is just so amazing with how we have been using our voices and i think that a lot of us are realizing like our planet is on the future this is everybody's future is on the line so we're all becoming activists and we're talking with world leaders because we realize the importance of it and i think that it's just really amazing that my generation is really stepping up to raise awareness about our planet
1: and i think you've said in the past that The impact of agriculture on our environment is not something that the environmental movement is really focusing on. When you started to interact with other environmentalists and bring this issue to them, how was that received?
0: Um it was hard for me to get into these environmental spaces because I talk about animal agriculture, because most of the focuses in these climate spaces were fossil fuels. But yes, that's harming the environment, but animal agriculture was left out, which is a big piece of the climate crisis. So at first it was hard, not from the environmentalists, like the activist side, but more from the people that have these summits or have these conferences, like at first I wasn't invited into these spaces, but now I'm starting to get invited more into the climate summits. I've been speaking at them. Now I'm super, it's super like nicely perceived by them and they're more open to hearing about it. But I would say at first it was really hard for me to start to get into these environmental spaces.
1: So let's talk about agriculture and, you know, specifically the growing of animals. You look at it in sort of two different ways. One is, what are we doing to animals? Why are we treating animals, you know, the way we treat them when we when we process them for meat? And two, the impact that so many animals and raising them on land and 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 using um, space and and water is really impacting the environment. So, can you talk about you know both aspects of what? Motivates you to become an animal activist and and its impact on on the environment.
0: Yeah, so at first I became an activist for the animals because I realized everything that they have to go through, how they're in these tiny spaces, and just knowing like I have been to sanctuaries um, and being around these animals made me realize like animals are super smart and they have different personalities, and to know like because some people think before the animals are killed for food that they just don't feel anything or they don't know it. But I've been to events like pig vigils and you see the animals and you go bear witness before they go into the slaughterhouses. And you can really tell like they know what's going on and they're scared. And a lot of them are killed when they're babies. So it's just super sad. And that was originally why I became an activist. But then after that, then I realized about how much land and water was going into the meat products that we're eating. And then it made me like, this doesn't really make sense. The food that I'm eating, I can eat other options that won't harm my environment, but people would rather choose the other options. So then I started to realize like it's super important to make the right choice and to eat a plant-based diet because then I started to realize like the meals that I'm eating isn't worth my planet. I want to have a thriving planet to live on.
1: So first of all, I have to give you a lot of credit because at such a young age, to be witness- at a slaughterhouse and see what most of us don't see, because most of us, you know, when we consume meat, we'll pick it up at the supermarket or order it at a restaurant, and we're not subjecting ourselves to the horrors of a slaughterhouse. How were you able to do that at such a young age and to see this real, very disturbing activity?
0: At first, before I went to Pig Vigil, it was really hard for me and something that I didn't really want to do because it's it, it was hard enough for me to see Slaughterhouse footage online, let alone to be there in person. But I realized that it was really important to be with these animals in their last moments and we give them water, and give them love and I feel like if if everybody was to go to a pick vigil, everybody would be vegan, and you don't really ever get used to going to vigils and seeing the animals. But I feel like it made me want to be a stronger activist because you see them before they're about to go into these places like the slaughterhouses, and it's just terrible. So, mm.
1: you know, most of us, I would think, like in America, people are very attached to their dogs and their cats, and you know, if, if we were slaughtering wholesale dogs or cats, I think Americans would be in an uproar. How do we get Americans or, you know, citizens of the world to be in an uproar over the killing of domestic animals?
0: I think just the more and more people that get exposed to this, because um, I feel like when a lot of people see either slaughterhouse footage or sometimes on the freeway, like you can see the trucks that are heading to the slaughterhouses and you can see the faces of the animals in the little hole. So I feel like the more people that just start to really realize what's happening to these animals before they're killed. Like they're not just killed and that's it. Like there's stuff that leads up to them. They're kept in these super tiny cages their whole life before they're killed. So I think just like, really starting to make people get the connection. Like, these animals don't just go to the slaughterhouse and that's it. Like, their whole life, they don't know what love is. So, I think that when people really start to realize, like, these animals really go through so much, then they'll really realize, like, this is terrible because I I do hear that a lot. Like, whenever people figure out cats and dogs are being killed for meat, it really... It makes people so sad. It makes them start crying. Um, But I feel like people should have the same reaction for farmed animals because farmed animals act the same way as their cats and dogs do.
1: So you did a TED Talk, which became very, very well-received and viewed when you were 10 years old.
0: When I was three years old, my favorite food was chicken nuggets. I love chicken nuggets. I could eat them almost every day. One day, I was.
1: How did that come about? At such a young age, that you were asked to do a TED talk that got such great exposure.
0: Well, first, when I told my mom that I wanted to give a TED talk, I kind of just said it like, when I got older, I wanted to give a TED talk, but um, I didn't really know that it would happen so soon. And then I got a message, and they were saying for me to apply to the TED Talk near me. So then I did, but I did it just to see, like, maybe I'd be able to get in because there's so many people applying and I'm really young, so maybe they won't won't pick me. But then I realized after I did get chosen to give the talk, people do want to hear my message. And that really helped me become more of an activist and start realizing the power of storytelling, because if I didn't tell my story and if I didn't use my voice when I gave that TED Talk, then people probably wouldn't have known, like, why I became an activist or why I am the way that I am.
1: Was, was the TED Talk the impetus for you to become a full-fledged activist?
0: So um, the TED Talk really helped me start to shift to more talking about the environment because at first, before I gave that talk, I was only an animal rights activist and I wasn't focusing on other causes. But then after I gave that talk, then that made me, made me realize like I should really continue speaking about this. And around that time, I was, um, I was a gymnast before then. So I was trying to choose between doing my activism or my gymnastics because that was what I really loved. But Then I started to realize I can't do any of the things that I love on a dead planet. So I shifted to becoming an activist and the TED Talk really pushed me to start to talk about the environment because I realized how important it was.
1: So Genesis, you're taking on one of the largest industries in the United States and in the world, and you're an active voice out there. Do you ever feel threatened that you're threatening the livelihood of a huge industry?
0: I think sometimes it can, because my mom always asks me like if I feel threatened by it. But I just know that what I'm doing is right and that it's important to use my voice and talk about this. So um, I'll continue speaking about it for as long as I have to, because I know that somebody has to do it and somebody has to talk about this, no matter if it makes people feel uncomfortable, if it makes people feel threatened. We need to make sure that we're putting our planet before our profits. So I think it's super important for all companies to realize that.
1: So let's talk to the, the listeners here who might be listening and saying, you know, Genesis is making a lot of sense. You know, what I'm engaged in as a consumer and buying, you know, meat and consuming meat, and, and it's not great for the planet. But you know something, I don't know, I just love the taste of meat. So what do you tell people when, when they confront you and they they ask you those questions?
0: Well, I would say that vegan products are getting really, really good and they're starting to taste exactly like the real thing. And my grandpa, I would give him vegan burgers and he wouldn't be able to tell the difference. And same for my grandma. And they they have eaten meat their whole life and they weren't able to tell a difference. But I think that now that veganism is more popular, there's better products like the vegan cheeses, for example. At first, when I first went vegan, the vegan cheeses were like, Super coconutty and weird, but now they're really, really good and they're starting to get really accurate. And I think that right now it's one of the best times to go vegan because of how many vegan products are appearing and how they taste just like the same thing. But I think that it's also important to know like taste is like that's one thing, but the planet is another thing. And I think it's really important to make a choice that isn't just for right now. Like one cheeseburger isn't worth everybody's future on the planet. So I think that it's super important to realize like this one choice that I'm making right now can impact everybody's future. And now that there is being more options that taste better, just to try those options and see if you like them.
1: So let's talk about, you set up a nonprofit called Genesis for Animals to raise funds for rescued animals. What are some of the things that you've been able to achieve by establishing this nonprofit?
0: I started that after I went vegan because I started going to sanctuaries and then I realized how many sanctuary owners needed help or they put their animals before they put themselves. So some of them would go without eating so that they could have money to buy their animals food and there are so many activists fighting for all these animals to be free, but once they're free, they're all going to need somewhere to go. So then I realized like it's important to start donating to these animal sanctuaries. Um, and I've been donating to them, especially after the wildfires, because a lot of the sanctuaries, it was really hard for them to get habitats for their animals again or their food or the their main concern was to hurry up and get the animals to safety. So I helped them. Get back on their feet after that. And also with vet bills, or if there's any sanctuaries that need help with food, then I'll donate to them. And some, I'll also donate monthly to help their animals or sponsor the animals because I realized like these animals are living in peace on these sanctuaries. And there's so many animals that are starting to be freed. So once they're free, they're going to be at these sanctuaries. So I wanted to help out however I could.
1: You also started an organization called Youth Climate Save. Uh, which has chapters of young people all over the world. What do you think is so powerful about bringing together people from all over the world?
0: I started Youth Climate Save during quarantine because I knew that there were so many youth that wanted to go out and do protests or um, speak to people, but we couldn't do that since we were all quarantined. So then I wanted to figure out well, what could youth do? Because a lot of youth had so much time in quarantine to learn about more things and to educate themselves, and a lot of them were figuring out more about climate change. So. Then after all these youth are figuring out about this, like they want to get active and they want to use their voice and do something, but some people don't have the platform for it or they don't know how to start. So I want to have a space for youth to be able to talk about whatever issue that they're passionate about. And we have some activists that talk about plastic pollution or fast fashion. Um, So we talk about all costs, but our main focus is animal agriculture. And I think that's something that is so powerful about Having all these youth from around the world is all the different perspectives and all of the things that some people, some of our members have never really thought about um, and how it can really change their mind. And now that COVID isn't as bad, that we're starting to table at big events. Um, recently, climate safe tabled at the Billie Eilish concert, and there was a lot of youth that came up and were asking questions. And it really showed me how many youth are really curious about this and they want to figure out what they can do to make a change.
1: Do you ever feel, Genesis, that the issue is so large that you know, what can you actually do to make things happen? and what's holding you back from that big breakthrough?
0: Sometimes I feel like a lot of youth can feel like the climate crisis is just it's just a lot to carry because it's something that's affecting everybody's everyday life because um, the planet is getting. Hotter or cooler all the time, and we know like we have to do something and we have to act quick. But I think that a lot of youth are realizing like it's super important to use your voice. And I think something that a lot of youth have realized and I have realized is that it's super important to hold the world leaders accountable and to keep on putting pressure on them because once people continue talking about a topic and Um, world leaders really realize like we have to do something, then it's starting to make a big change. But I think also a lot of my generation are starting to become leaders. And there's a lot of youth activists who talk to the UN or talk to these world leaders, or they're just becoming the leaders themselves. And either they're doing things like how I've started Youth Climate Save, and they have organizations, or they're public speaking, or um, just using their voice. And I think that's why there's so many activists. But I think something that has really given me hope for the future is seeing how many youth are fighting for our planet. Yeah,
1: that's great. And, and you've talked to some really famous people, uh, Paul McCartney, Moby, uh, the Pope. But I want to talk about you. Are there ever times as an activist that you feel isolated or you feel like you know you, you get down and you're like, oh, is this ever going to be successful?
0: Sometimes I do. I do get really sad about our future, but I think that I have a really great community of activists who are also fighting for the planet, and they always really help bring me up and motivate me. Um, And I think that it's just super important to see the climate crisis as an issue for all of us to solve together. And I think that something that is so powerful about people all coming together because I have a lot of activist friends who talk about the climate crisis and I think that they always really help build me up. But sometimes I do get really sad about it, but I just really think it's super important to stay optimistic about the future. And I've always been super optimistic, but I think just using my voice um, has always really helped me. Not be sad about the climate crisis because I know that at least I'm doing something about it. um, However, I can.
1: I understand that you are related distantly to Cesar Chavez, who is a well-known activist. Um, You seem to be very, very motivated. You know that that this keeps you going. Can you talk about that? About your family history and maybe how that might have affected you know your passion and your your dedication as as it is today.
0: Cecil Chavez has really always helped me with my activism, especially since I've been an activist since I was so little. Um, he really helped me continue with my activism through watching him through documentaries or seeing him on TV, because he would do these big, big events or protests, and there would be a lot of people. And something that would always scare me when I was younger, what people would say, even though I was on property that was for everybody, they would say they were gonna call the police. But Since I was little, that would scare me, but I would watch documentaries of Cesar Chavez and I would see that they would always tell him that even though what he was doing was right. Um, And they would say that they were going to call the police, but he knew what he was doing was right and he stood his ground. And that really helped me become more of a powerful activist, was just knowing that it's important to continue using your voice. And it also really helped me realize the power of unity because he has so many people united and he would talk about unity. So that really made me realize like, it's important to be united with others and to look at these issues as a group issue and to have everybody help out because then you can get things done quicker when you have a lot of people supporting you.
1: So you've made a comment in the past that people of color and marginalized groups are the most affected by climate change. Can you talk a little bit more about that and, and, and how you came to that conclusion?
0: Um, so I think that some people think like climate change isn't happening, but it's affecting people of color every single day. And I see this a lot through my youth climate safe members, because a lot of the people in these areas where climate change is affecting them every day are the people that are joining youth climate safe. And a lot of people of color are put in these areas where factory farms are. So I think that it really made me realize like, they're in these areas where it's a lot hotter or colder or Native Americans are getting their land chopped down to put animals there or to grow their food. So a lot of people of color are in these areas. But something that really made me realize, like, it is so important to speak up for these people because they're being affected and they have no choice but to be affected by the climate crisis. But there's some people that have a choice where they aren't affected by the climate crisis quite yet.
1: And do you think as a young activist that your age is an advantage or a disadvantage?
0: I would say that it's sort of both. Um because I think that a lot of people like are more motivated by me since I am so young, but I think that sometimes it can be a disadvantage because I'm younger. So then people sometimes will think like, "Oh, she doesn't really know what she's talking about," or that will be like their main claim is like, "Oh, she's so young," like her parents taught her this, or she's just researching this. Like she doesn't know anything about it, but I think it doesn't matter what my age is. But I think that it can be both an advantage and a disadvantage because some people like one will think that I'm too young or some people will be motivated by my age. So it's kind of tricky.
1: Yeah, I'm sure. And so tell me what you're doing right now. I understand you're in college or you just finished your first uh, year in college?
0: My first year. Yeah. How did that go? That went really well. I've been taking some online classes just so that I can get a really early start, but it's been going really well.
1: That's awesome. And I wish you the best of luck. Thank you. What in the coming years, next few years, what are your hopes and goals? What do you think you can accomplish?
0: Um, Some of my goals, I want to start traveling more to speak again. And I'm really like picky with where I travel to speak because I know of the omissions, but I know if there's a place that it can really raise a a lot of awareness where people don't really know about this, I want to start to talk to them again and to start doing more speaking events. But I also lobby. Sometimes I'll go to Washington and I want to continue with that. Some of the things that I've done was to get plant based foods in all prisons, nursing homes and hospitals in California. California prisons have never been known for their cuisine, but they soon may be required to add vegan meals to the jailhouse menu. And that was one of the ones that I've done, and that one got passed. And I also helped with the Cruelty-Free Cosmetics Act in California. So I want to continue doing more bills like that because I realized the importance of it and how much of a change it can make. Um, and also just continuing to build up with these climate safe, because I know that there's a lot of chapters that want to get started. So just continuing to help them and to do more actions that are in person. Right.
1: Awesome. So Genesis, give me a a couple of dishes that you would say, listen, you're not a vegan, but try this and you're going to be hooked.
0: I have been posting a lot of recipes on my Instagram because I realized like a lot of people need good vegan meals to make. And one of the meals that I always like to make people is lasagna. And I use tofu to make the ricotta. And people cannot tell the difference. Like they love it. And they say that it's even better than the normal thing. Um. I feel like with some people, like it's just super important to eat foods that you like and to veganize those dishes because something that really like stops people from continuing being vegan is like they'll try one meal and they hate it and then they think all vegan foods are like that. But I think it's super important to try um, things that you already like and veganize it. And some of the things that my family really likes is things like tacos and burritos or pasta. So we'll veganize those dishes. But I think one food that people really like is plant-based burgers, and those are really good.
1: Well, Genesis, it's been a pleasure speaking to you. I really have a tremendous amount of respect for you because you really um, you follow through, and you do, and you conduct yourself in, in terms of your life in a way that you really believe will make a difference, not only on a personal level, but also as an activist. Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure having you as my guest on All About Change. And I wish you to go from strength to strength. And I hope your movement continues to catch on. You're a great young leader. And I'm sure will continue to become a very serious and impactful person in our society. So thank you so much.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: Thank you. Au revoir, not goodbye. After speaking with Genesis, I feel more invested in animal rights and curious about the connections between what we eat and the world we live in. But what about you? How do you feel about the consumption of farming animals and how it affects the environment? Tweet us at JRuderman and let us know what you think. All About Change is a production of the Ruderman Family Foundation. This episode was produced by Kim Wong, with story editing by Yochai Maital and Mijan Zulu we hope to see you in two weeks as we hear from another activist, Lek Chiler, another voice for animals. She has dedicated her life to the plight of the Asian elephant. To check out more episodes or to learn more about the show, you can visit our website, allaboutchangepodcast.com. Lastly, if you enjoy our show, please help us spread the word. Tell a friend or family member or consider writing a review on your favorite podcasting app. It helps us to connect with more people And we really appreciate it. All About Change is produced by the Ruderman Family Foundation. Special thanks to our production team at Pod People David Zwick, Grace Pena, Morgan Foos, Brian Rivers, and Amy Machado. That's all for now. I'm Jay Ruderman, and I'll see you next time on All About Change.